action man. Now he's got eagle eyes that actually move. On the lookout for action, wherever you take him. Look out for action man. And his eagle eyes. Things you wear make you look like other things. Like the concept of clothing. We've already done this one. Maybe I don't need to do this one again. Maybe I can just walk away. We won't have to think about this at all. We could not think about things. Did you know that that's a possibility? It's, It's like an art form where you don't have to think about anything. I think I'm recording. Yeah, we don't have to think about anything, guys. We can just, we can just choose not to. That's like a whole whole process. But why did I bring that up? Either way. So this sweater, which I'm wearing, if you can't see, is a green, I want to say green, uh, long sleeve, kind of tight knit uh, sweater. It's not a, not what I would call a cable knit sweater. It's it's kind of like a, it's got like a corduroy vibe to it, but it's not. It's like little, little check marks. Either way, whenever I put it in this sweater, I know that I can't wear the dog tag zone which have my medical information on them. Because it makes me look like Action Man. And I don't mean like Action Man from, you know, um, what's the word? Like the modern era Action Man. I don't mean like G.I. Joe, where he's like ripped and looks like The Rock or whoever's playing Action Man at this point. Um, <clears throat> but from like 1977. So in 1977, there was a toy, which the intro played for. Um, there was a toy, which was the Action Man. He was kind of skinny, kind of gangly limbs, but he was one of the first action figures with movable arms and limbs. And he had flocked hair, and he wore a sweater, which looked just like this. Why? And he also had eagle eyes. He had a little switch in the back of his head where you could make him look in one direction. Eagle eye action man. Palatoy. Palatoy was what Hasbro... Uh, was known as before it became Hasbro. In fact, I don't know if that's true. Uh, don't double check that. Um, but either way, the Action Man used to look like Action Man. And I feel like I look like Action Man when I, when I wear this. The only reason I know of that Action Man is because my uncle had Action Man, which then he gifted that toy to my father, who gifted it to us as children, because my uncle had a little girl instead of a little boy, um, which is a nice uh, little bit of uh, patriarchy at work there. Either way, that's that's hugely beyond the point. Either way, we were boys, we were given soldiers and expected to die. <laughs> I did a, I did a whole episode about that, um, actually, ages ago. Anyway, I will get back to the point. So, I look like Action Man, which means I know what Action Man is, which means I know and am aware of these things. What I am also aware of is that I'm pretty sure that Action Man figure exists still in my family, and I think my brother has it. My brother has it because my brother has an invested interest in... Well, that's a loud noise outside. In uh, professional wrestling and professional wrestling figures, and we used to use them as we, when we were kids to act out professional wrestling things, which is why it's important that Action Man was fully posable, because he could do all the moves. And then I got into Action Man as a kid, and I was, you know, I was super... I had loads of them. I had, like, you know, 10 or 12 different Action Men doing the various things, getting into tussles. And yet my Action Man wasn't fully posable, that I recall. He was very straight-armed. He, he couldn't even bend at the elbow. He was just... You couldn't even go, it was just forwards. Just forwards with a gun. Um, I vividly remember going to buy that action, man. Actually. 
It's like a, I bought him with my own money. We went to a... <laughs> I'm going to go on a freaking tangent here. So, long story short. Uh, so I went to what was actually a mix between a pharmacy and a toy store when I was very, very young. And it holds a huge amount of significance to me. It was a co-op owned building and you went in and you went up an escalator and on the side of the escalator uh, there was a a connects ferris wheel which used to spin and and activate and you would go up and everything was there and then you got to the toy bit the section at the top and now that building is home to cafe indy in scunthorpe which is where we did scunthorpe zine fest when we did that there you go roundabout way to get to the point either way that's that's why i bought action man but my 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 interest in figures dappered off. I want to say, I want to say through the years, my interest in figures kind of dappered off. Though the other day I was looking at some action figures, and it's interesting how you find people relax, react to those things and react to that interest in particular. Excuse me. Oh, pardon me. Called that bit. Um, react to that into in particular because. There's, I feel like there's a lot of baggage which comes with it, and I have another story to tell. So I think I may have even told this story before. I was getting onto a lift when I was going to the gym, and I was wearing my scab t-shirt, which you may have seen on the podcast. Now, my scab t-shirt, if you don't know, is a reference to the cartoon Home Movies, and references a band which is fictional in a cartoon about a fictional universe. And I made that t-shirt as a homage to that. It's not a most original idea. I just wanted my own copy of that t-shirt, and I couldn't find anywhere which was reasonably selling it, and I couldn't define that the artwork wasn't stolen. But seeing as the artwork's just a reproduction from a cartoon show, I just decided to reproduce it myself because I have the means in order to do that. So I did. Anyway, and I got into the lift, and there was an older woman in the lift who asked me about my t-shirt and said, oh, hey, is that is that a, is that from, you, from a band or something? And I said, oh... And I suddenly had to explain all of this in about the same amount of time as we were going up a few floors. And I explained this from a cartoon show. She, and she just looked at me. Well, first off, she looked at me and said, hmm, are you English? And I said, yeah. yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. But you don't watch cartoons now, do you? Let that sentence settle with you for a minute. You don't watch cartoons now, do you? Why would you ask a person that? Why would that be an important piece of information? Like, if you saw someone in a a Snoopy t-shirt, would you ask them if they watch cartoons now? If they read comics? If you saw someone in a Hello Kitty t-shirt, an adult in a Hello Kitty t-shirt, even though Hello Kitty is marketed primarily to children, would you ask them? If you saw someone in a Batman t-shirt, would you ask them if that is something which you're doing? Would you make assumptions about their life? Either way, I lied and said, no, why would I do that? Because my sarcasm meter took over and I realized she was not going to understand sarcasm or understand this whole premise which I'm kind of talking about today. (laughs) But my interest in things which appeal to younger children has not diminished. I mean, you look at my work. You look at the things which I create. A lot of what I create is based in surreal, cartoonish imagery. I mix it up with realistic elements, and I, I blend all these things. But at the same time, you know, I love watching stop motion. I love watching old cartoons. I'm obsessed with Bob's Burgers. I have on my desk right now multiple things which relate to child. I have Sean the Sheep on my desk. 
I have a figurine of Sean the Sheep on my desk, which I'm pretty sure came from a cereal box when I was a child. I have Animal as a pen holder, a mug with Animal's face from the Muppets on it as a pen holder. And I don't feel any shame in having these things around. But when someone comes to you and they say to you, you don't watch cartoons now, do you? It's tinged. It's tinged with this level of, you should be ashamed if you are. You should be ashamed if you are engaging in anything which is not considered adult. And yet, if I had hardcore pornography on my t-shirt, I feel like she'd probably have been just as offended. And that's the most one of the most adult things you can do. It's not about that, really, is it? It's not. No. What it's about is the associations which she has made with one product and another product and thought this defines everything about that person in the same way when you see someone in a superman t-shirt or a batman t-shirt or you know other heroes or all those kinds of things or you see someone in a barbie costume or you see someone with badges on a bag or patches on their shirt and you think to yourself why are you doing this or you you know you ask them what they did and they went oh i want to watch the avengers the weekend i know i'm using a lot of graphic novel references right now i'm you know i'm getting to the point you know we we i recently spoke to um Jess Ingram, about collections and novelty and just passion for these IPs which have been put out into the world. And I find it insane that human beings, adult human beings, have categorized in their mind that you can't blend the two things, right? That's what bothers me. What bothers me is that you you can't blend the two things in your day-to-day life, in their view. They're saying to you that if you're an adult past a certain age, that you should stop doing any of those things. What should you do then? What should you do past a certain age? Do you have to just only do things which are considered adult? Am I not allowed to drink a milkshake? Because milkshakes aren't considered adult. Instead, I'm going to have to throw booze into it. Because booze is adult. That's the only thing I can be interested in. I'm not allowed to be interested in anything else. Am I not allowed a mocha? Mock is basically a milkshake. As long as it's got coffee in it, is it okay? Does it classify as an adult because it's a stimulant, so adults can only be interested in stimulants or dull things or drama? What kind of comedy do you watch? This is another question which fascinates me. What kind of comedy do you watch as an adult if you think that cartoons are for children? Because when I watch adult comedies, most of the adult comedies employ the same language and the same style of comedy as children's cartoons and as cartoon objects because they are suspending disbelief they are engaging in surrealism they are engaging in in absurdism and they're saying this is funny and you look at it and you go this is funny it's a frog in a tall hat that's amazing i love it buy it ship it send it to me i already did that what are you watching do you want jokes about taxes is it, it does it have to be relatable What I often find interesting as well is the same people who will talk to you about these things and and kind of question your interests are the same people who don't want you to talk about heavily serious things. They're the same people who will look at protests and say, oh, that's annoying, give them 10 years. Or, you know, why are you always talking about the negative? We should focus on the good things. But what are the good things? If you're, you're narrowing down what the good things are so much that they can only be focused on in such a minutiae 
you're removing all joy from your own life. And that's so sad. That's so sad. So as a teenager, I tried for the longest time to essentially just kill ridiculousness in me. I failed, if it's not apparent. I failed to do that. But as a teenager, you want to be taken seriously. You want to be taken seriously, so you want to be into adult things. You want to be you want to be seen as an adult. You don't want to deal with the horror. You want to deal with the, the evil and the bad and the, all the disagreeable things in the world. And anybody who's not disagreeable with those things is wrong, and they should be tread as pariahs and burned at the... St- we, we went too far. Um, I didn't go quite that far, but, you know, the... No, I mean, there was an edge of it. But we, we looked at it and we thought, yeah, that's what, that's what being an adult is about. It's about a serious thing. So I got really into horror. I got stooped, like, into a bunch of horror films. I got into dark things. I got into reading serious books. Even to myself, I thought, I don't want to be reading fiction anymore. I should be reading nonfiction. I should be learning about the world and the history of the world because those are the real things. Those are the things which matter, and this will get me taken seriously as an adult. And then, creeping out of the sidelines, I'm sitting there, and I remember that I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And... I remember that I loved Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I remember that I loved Lego as a kid. And I thought to myself, why... Why am I limiting so much of this for myself? And I also do this around people, I realized. I do this a lot around people, especially new people I meet. I hide a lot of this. I don't hide it in a way which is like, I don't tell anyone about it or embarrassed by it. I just choose not to tell them. We discussed this briefly when we were talking to Spadge. We, I just choose not to inform people of this level of things which I have going on behind the scenes. You know, like the fact that I have a duck on my desk. Or the fact that I have Sean the Sheep on my desk. Or the fact that there's a bear sticker which is stuck to my PC. All of these things. I just choose not to tell people because it's my personal life. Because when I was younger, I experienced a level of, well, if you're into those things, you're childish, you're ridiculous, we'll never take you seriously, and only idiots are into interesting things, only losers are into those things. So I just don't automatically, outwardly put it there. And I've had to learn to engage with that, and learn to put these little nuggets out there to say, hey, yes, I look serious, right? I look like I attend death metal concerts and do my taxes and hate the world and only drink whiskey and all these things. Some of those things are true. Not all of them. Some of those things are true in that sentence. But, and and, and there's gradation between the things which I just said. I don't want to be taken too factual on anything I say. That's the truth. And I need to put things out. But at the same time, I do have Beaker from the Muppets on my jacket as a patch and he used to be a sock and I like that I do have that because that's something I enjoy I've learned to engage more with the things which I enjoy and learn what I like about them learn about how I engage with the world because of them Who Framed Roger Rabbit I think is a great example of that so the reason I brought it up was because when I was a teenager I rediscovered it I rediscovered the film and it was one of my favourite films as a kid and it kind of broke the teenage angst in me right it broke the teenage angst in me because I looked at him and went, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely Looney Tunes level ridiculous because it's got a Looney Tunes. In it. And I thought about it and I thought, well, yeah, but it's also a very serious film. It's a film about, you know, corrupt systems taking over things and 
then I researched it and I looked into it more and I found out that the book was even darker than the actual cartoon. And really, the cartoon had just brought levity to such dark ideas to a broader audience. And that made me realize that when you create things, you can engage with people on a basic, intrinsic, visual level of this is fun, this is relatable. And then you can slip in all the dark stuff. You can slip in the serious concepts. And you can read between the lines. It's like someone watches Scooby-Doo, right? They'll watch Scooby-Doo and they'll be like, this is silly. This is fun. We already know who who everyone is. There's going to be a villain. They're going to get unmasked. The, the plot points are already laid out well in advance to the point where you can just kind of probably timer it throughout the episode. But then you look at it on a, on a level which is slightly past that and it becomes more about what you can read. Kids will watch it and they think, this is fun, this is silly, it's monsters, it's a talking dog. And then we as adults look at it again and we go, well, yeah, this is fun, this is silly, this is a talking dog. But hang on a minute, who are these people? Why do they go town to town? Why is that guy blatantly stoned? Can that dog actually talk? Does he talk that well? I don't know. I don't think it's that good. And we reapply the layers of what you learn through life to these things. And yes, some things are ridiculous. Some things I'm not going to engage in. But some people will. And I've met people who are completely the opposite to me. I've met people who wear their, their interest in these IPs and interest in these interests so much on their skin you know they're fully dressed up head to toe in hello kitty and you you sat thinking this is amazing i never want to be a person who looks at someone like that and says you know i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed for them they should be embarrassed no fuck that they enjoy a thing that they enjoy if i'm dressing in black and i'm presenting myself as a serious person in order to get whatever reaction to all to anything what are they doing that's incredibly interesting. Isn't that, like, doesn't that fascinate you? If you want to know more? You want to know why these people get to this stage and why they're doing that thing instead of just going, oh, no, it's childish. They need to grow up. They've probably grown up a fair amount. They just happen to find fulfillment in these things. In the same way, this is the other thing, right? I'm going to go on the right tangent here, right? Especially this woman. This woman pissed me off. So she questioned that I was interested in cartoons. And I brought up Snoopy earlier. My mom's really into Snoopy. I don't feel that if she'd met my mom in the elevator, or the lift, or whatever you want to call it, the upsy-downsy, if she'd met my mom in that place, she would never have had this conversation if my mom was wearing a Snoopy t-shirt. In fact, she'd have probably lent over to her and be like, that's a cool t-shirt, that's so cute. Me, as a man, I am not allowed these enjoyments in life. (laughs) Not allowed cute. I'm not allowed fun. I'm only allowed what Action Man allows. But then I know who Action Man is. And I was taught a lot of those things and representations of male role models by the cartoons which I was fed. So who's in the right? What I'm trying to say is your interests do not define you. Okay? The age of your interests does not define you. If you're still into the things which you were into when you were 10 or 11, great, so be it. It's amazing that you have something which has such longevity within your life. If you only got into certain things as an adult, great, fantastic, you found something which brings joy into your life. Why should there be an in-between? What should only really be concerning to anybody 
right, within the world, is that when people have an interest, just one, just a interest, and it dominates their life to a point where it's unhealthy, an obsession, an obsessionistic interest is a problem because it shows someone trying to engage with a level of escapism, which means there's probably things within their life which don't line up with how they want to live. That's when there should be concern. That's when we should think about questioning things. And even then, don't question strangers about their lives, guys. Just leave them alone. They're just trying to live their lives. You can think whatever you want internally, but don't be an asshole. That's when we should be concerned. That's when we should take away from it that there is a level of unhealth there. People look to people who are interested in trains as a prime example, right? It's the cliché. It's the train, you know, train spots. Then why are they so obsessed with trains? That's a little weird. Why are they, you know, how, how do they know all this? What's their interest in that? What's the, why are they so in de- involved in trains? It seems a little childish. Why do they have toy train sets? Why are they going out here? Blah, 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 blah. It's because they found a community. Because they found people who enjoy the same things as them. Sure, they don't wake up every single day thinking about trains. They're not, you know, eating from cereal like, oh my God, fucking track five. Track five, I look at my wife. And they're not doing that. Because they have lives, people, personalities, families outside of that community, which they engage in. It just so happens that this is something they really enjoy and brought them a lot of pleasure in their life. So they can go about and be accountants and parking wardens and bank tellers. I'm thinking, I have a weird view of what adult jobs are. You think of all those things. They can go out and do that because when they get home, you know, maybe they'll read a book about trains and they'll be like, yeah, this is great. It's trains. I like trains. Your interests don't define you. You're not more adult for only reading war books. You're not more adult for watching dramas. You're not more adult for only wanting to watch the news and find out about the serious things in your life or only being into horror. And you're not less of an adult for having an interest in cartoons and action figures and all those things. All it shows is that you have a passion. And I hope that you can use that passion to find like-minded people and people who are interested in the things that you're interested in and have meaningful conversations with those people within those communities. If you're only talking about the vapid, like, singular points of those things, then, yeah, there's probably an issue. It's probably something to think about. But if you're actually able to have conversations outside of those things, fantastic. That's exactly why humans create interests and create things. Because we needed a way to engage with one another on a commonality level without knowing everybody's individual backstory. That's my point to make today. Either way. I feel like I retreaded some ground I previously treaded in this session, but maybe it was needed. Suffice to say, today I look like Action Man, but Action Man never had long hair. And I hope you have something which you enjoy and engage with. And I hope you have a community. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.